that energy stay far away Make you stay far away Just give me love for the night, give me love for the night, girl, waste no time Society, what's up? Ooh, what was that, name change? Society, I kinda like that Society Society Sassy and Safe Podcast, home of the society Mm, that's fly. That's fly. Anywho, you already know who it is. Your girl T back again with another episode of the Sassy and Safe podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, you know what to do. We are about to have question time. But before I do that, let me take the time to introduce anybody who is joining us for the first time. If you are hearing my voice for the very first time, welcome to the society. Sassy and Safe podcast, home of the society, where we come together weekly to discuss cultural issues from a kingdom perspective. Yes, we are bridging the gap between kingdom and culture. I'm your host, Teresa, but you can call me T, T Dollar from the B, T Dizzle, or anything in between that. However you spin it, I'm your host. So welcome. We hope that this is not your first and final time joining us. We hope that by the end of this episode, you will be hooked and decide to join us over at The Society, which you can do so on our social media page, Instagram. Hit us up at Sassy and Saved MVMT. That is S-A-S-S-Y-A-N-D-S-A-V-E-D-M-V-M-T. What we like to do here is before we get into episodes, we like to answer questions that people might send in as we have an anonymous question box for anybody who is shy to send in a question that is pressing on their mind that they need answered. And last week we had a question about relationships. Somebody asked, why is it that young people in this day are so quick to give up on relationships? Why is it that we do not see the relationships our grandparents and those before us had that were 30, 40 years plus? And I did give my answer and I received a response this week of a listener that disagreed with my answer. And I honestly love dialogue. I love disagreements. I love hearing different perspectives and things like that because I'm not always right. I have my opinions I have my revelations, my wisdom that I do share, but there are always definitely things that I can learn. And so so this young lady reached out to me to let me know that she wasn't really feeling my response. She had some questions and we talked it out and by the end of it, we came to a mutual agreement. So instead of a question today, I just wanna share um, that discussion with you all to help you think further and to also invite you to join in on the dialogue. If you'll notice below, you have the option of sending me a voice message. So if you have any thoughts to add, any any opinions, anything you want to add to the dialogue, definitely send me a voice message and you might hear yourself in next week's episode. Anywho, let me stop talking and read what the young lady said. And she said... I have so many feelings about your latest episode. I agree with you for the most part, but that part when you said young people give up on relationships because we're lazy and that's why we don't have those 30, 40, 50 year relationships like our parents and grandparents is such a broad generalization for a nuanced topic. What happens today is that women are less likely to be dependent on a man for survival like their mothers and grandmothers and thus we are like and thus we are less likely to put up with things they put up with. Most of those older couples who have been together for 30, 
20 or 30 plus years ask those women the disrespect and foolishness they've dealt with in order to maintain that relationship either to keep up with the appearances financially socially and even appearances in church laziness is not the answer for why relationships are ending faster especially for women her response was very valid definitely not something that i would disregard everything she said was true to a point I have seen in my own personal life, in my, in fact, in my own household, um, divorce or separation happened because of the very things that she talked about. And so that is not something I can ever deny. Of course, those things happen and I understand and I recognize that. But my response, just so that you guys would understand where I'm coming from and where I was coming from when I made that statement was valid. However, being enlightened enough to know that marriage isn't about company but purpose. Assuming that one would seek to marry their purpose partner, we know that two are joined together to achieve and fulfill the will of God through their marriage. Two humanly human people who will piss each other off, get on each other's nerves, disrespect, act in flesh, and make human decisions that will definitely and inevitably hurt hurt their partner. God, in his infinite wisdom, knew that when he called those that are called to marriage, which is why they say marriage is tough in those tough situations outside infidelity of course because that is biblical grounds for divorce you can only rely on the grace of God understanding the reason for the union and forgive and work to fix it because not because of the other person but because of God and the people that are attached to the marriage which many aren't even willing to do today because we are more concerned with our comfort we don't want to deal with the stress we don't want to deal we don't want to deal with problems we don't want to deal with anything that takes us out of our comfort zone anything that's a little bit challenging we're quick to give up on and just leave it because there's so many other fish in the sea nobody wants to deal with the headache that relationship comes with nobody want to deal with pruning that relationships come with nobody wants to deal with the vulnerability that relationships come with nobody wants to deal with the hurt and the pain that relationships come with we want it all to be fine and dandy easy peasy love all the time not understanding that that is what living for christ is that is i live for Christ's glory at the cost of my comfort. So even though sometimes things happen that are a discomfort to me, because I live for him, if he will get his glory, I will endure it. So, and when you speak and and when you approach, really, and I think, and I'm not married, but I believe that when you approach a relationship from that perspective, you see that every argument every argument is an opportunity for growth and a united couple stands more times it's man against woman partner against partner instead of the couple against satan anything that happens in a marriage that brings distrust discomfort or anything every argument that happens is a result of a person acting in humanity and even when it's even when it is sin or whatever it may be these are all seeds sown of discord for problems to arise in your marriage because satan hates purposeful marriages and when you understand and operate from that perspective you realize it's not him against me it's not he against she it's not me against him it's us against satan it's us fighting to against all odds give God his glory and 
win at this. So that is my perspective and that was the reason why I said what I said last episode. Um, I definitely invite anybody to give their opinions, their thoughts, to give their opinions, their thoughts, or anything else that they can add to the episode that could further the discussion or help somebody else out. Um, Definitely, definitely use the anchor voice messages options and you can hear yourself in the next episode or if you're a bit shy you can just send me a send me an email whatever you prefer but definitely join the discussion anywho this is already running on 10 minutes too too long now i only have a few minutes to get into the episode so let's get straight into it friendly but not your friend let's talk about it i refuse to believe that this is my fate as a woman this cannot be it i was not born to be a trophy wife I'm talking about growth. It's a measure of me versus me yesterday versus me two days ago. Not a measure of me versus you. We're trying to raise women that understand that they can be classy, they can be beautiful, they can be petty, they can be smart, they can be knowledgeable, they can be independent. We are a new generation of women. We are not conformed or confined by everything that society has placed out for us. We're breaking out of the mold and creating something new for ourselves. We are Sassy and Safe Baby. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so one of the hardest parts about being a Christian is people using your faith to validate everything you do. Make one mistake. Oh, aren't you a Christian? One bad decision. Oh, aren't you a Christian? Act in flesh one time. Oh, aren't you a Christian? Even eat bread. Aren't you a Christian? Anything you do, people will be so quick to jump on your throat. Anything you do, people will be so quick to bring up the fact to bring up your faith, to validate, to validate or to try to disprove who you are. And don't get me wrong, I understand that there's a standard that we must hold as disciples of Christ. That is definitely not what I'm saying. But as disciples, I think it's important for us and the world to know that we are committing, that we have committed to a lifelong process of becoming like Christ. And in doing so, you won't be like him right off the bat. It's a process of becoming. I'm with each and every passing day, the more I get to know him, the more I'm becoming like him. So why am I saying this? Unless you're new here, You've heard me say many times before that the biggest challenge that I have with dealing with other Christians is over friendship. I just don't understand what it is that makes people so mad when you don't want to associate with them. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Only, only in the church will someone be villainized for not wanting to be friends when contrary to popular belief, friendship is a choice. If you don't want to be friends with someone, you are like enemy number one. Why don't you want to be friends with us? Why are you so standoffish? Why do you want like, wow, do you know people choose their friends? Like you actually decide who you want to be a friends with, but not in the church apparently because you're a Christian. Who told y'all that? It's not true. Even Jesus 
of all the people in the world, he called and chose a special 12 people to come and follow him. Why didn't he invite everybody else? Why couldn't just anybody just come up there? Why didn't they volunteer? Why didn't they say, hey, I want to follow you? Because a lot of people wanted to follow him. So why didn't they just volunteer and be like, hey, I want to follow you. I want to be close to Jesus. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. Let's bring everybody in. Why did he have to physically choose the people? Friendship is a choice. One of the lines that I'm most known for, my quote, if you will, I don't know. Is that prideful for me to say that I have a quote? Well, basically, if someone was doing a biography on me or wanted to do a shirt with a quote or something that I would say, the phrase would be, I'm friendly, but I'm not your friend. I hope that's not prideful. Nobody should lose their salvation over me saying that I have a quote. But that is my permanent mood. Like, nobody understands it, but that is my permanent mood. I am friendly, but I'm not your friend. So let's unpack it. Why don't we? I'm friendly, but not your friend. What does this mean? This means that I have gone to a point in my life where I am fully, like, 100% destiny cautious. Everything that I do, I aspire to ensure that it is destiny related. When you get to this point, you realize that you cannot take anything for granted because nothing is a joke. Every decision that you make affects your destiny. And so you have to determine how it will. Will it affect it positively or will it affect it negatively? One of the biggest barriers in relation to purpose and destiny for many people are their relationships. This is because many people sell their destiny for company. Nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to be by themselves. Nobody wants to be an outcast. Nobody wants to be in isolation, which, okay, valid community, fellowship, those are all of God. But the problem is people are too invested in company that it holds precedence over destiny. Because you want to be in with a certain crew or you want to be in with a certain individual so bad. You want your name attached to a certain person or a certain group so bad. You want to fit in. You want to be a part of a special team, special organization. Everybody wants to be a part. And because of this, people like prostitutes will trick off their destiny for company. As Cardi B would say, they do anything for clout. I'm not a rapper, but... (laughs) But the destiny cautious understand that anybody that I give access to in my life has access to my spirit and therefore my future and therefore my destiny. Which is why the Bible will warn us in so many scriptures about those that we surround ourselves with. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Do not be misled, for bad company corrupts good character. What does that mean? That means no matter how you were brought up, what you know to be right, your morals, your values, how good your character is, how good you are as a person, If you are in the midst of bad company, you will be corrupted. That means that no matter how strong you think you are, how set in your ways and values you think you are, 
bad company will always corrupt good character. So do not be misled. Proverbs 18, 24. One who has unreliable friends surely comes to ruin, but there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What does that mean? That means that the Bible is giving us a measuring stick for characteristics of what a friend should be. Reliable reliable they are closer than even a family member no matter what i know that they have me proverbs thirteen twenty: walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm that is the african proverbs that our parents have told us so many times before show me your friend and i will show you your character they really acted like that was a scripture in the bible i was so astonished when i found out that that wasn't biblical because i really thought it was in there until I started reading. I thought it was in there. Show me your friends and I'll show you your character. Or birds of the f- same feather fly together. If you haven't heard that proverb from your parents. I don't even think it's African. I think it's like universal. If you haven't heard that proverb from your parents. I don't even like I don't know what to say to you. I can't relate. Because my parents killed it. But what does it mean? It means those who you surround yourself with determine who you will be. If you walk with wise people, you will be wise. If you walk with foolish people, you will fall in harm. And those are just a few. Throughout the Bible, we are warned and we even see stories of bad friendships. Look at Amnon. Do y'all remember him? From who shall the last? If you haven't listened to that episode, go double back and go listen to that episode. That was one of the highest rated episodes on the Sassy and Safe podcast because you know lust is something we all struggle with. And so if you haven't listened, make sure you double back and go listen. Anywho, do y'all remember Amnon? He raped his sister, his half-sister, because he was so consumed with lust for her. And we talked about it and we dissected it and we demonized him and everything. And, and rightfully so, because he shouldn't have done that. Like, what's wrong with you, Amnon? But... One part that I didn't mention in the episode, which at the time wasn't important, but for this episode, but for this episode, we will mention it because it's very important, was that Amnon's friend was the one that told him to rape his sister. Amnon was sick, physically sick to the point that everybody could see it on him. He became physically sick because he was so consumed with lust for his sister. But the Bible says he knew that he could not have her. So even though he wanted so badly to sin and even though it had made him physically sick he himself knew that he could not have her because it's his sister until his friend came along and said what do you mean you can't have him aren't you the king's son my nigga you can't have anything you want what you talking about what you talking about i'm gonna give you a plan on how to get her his friend gassed him up bigged him up and told him that listen you can have anything you want you're the king's son number one number two his friend devised the plan of how he should even sin and told him what to do and he did it and what happened to amnon he was killed by his half brother abasalom tamar's older brother what does that mean that means friends can lead you to death the bad counsel of one friend led Amnon to commit a heinous crime and sin against his family, his sister, and God, and got him killed. 
Because I like to believe, even though he was so consumed with the lust, which obviously is a problem that should have been dealt with, because the Bible indicates that he knew that he could not have her, I am willing to bet that Amnon would not have done it. Because if he was, he would have done it already. But the fact, but that's what sin does. Sin needs validation. You may think it. Somebody can think about sinning, but they won't take the action until it's validated, until they're told that it's okay. Remember the Garden of Eden? Did God really say that you cannot eat from this fruit? Eve was already looking at the fruit. The Bible said she saw that it was good and desired it. That means she had it in her heart, the desire that she wanted it, but she wasn't going to do it because it was just her and Adam. Like if Adam ain't doing it, then I ain't doing it. Peer pressure. But once the serpent came and said, what do you mean? No, it's really good. He validated her thoughts for sin. Then she took action. That's why there's a process to sin. If you haven't listened to the episode, go back and listen. Because I explained the process to sin. There's a process. Sin needs to be validated. That's not what the episode is about today. I digress. And so here Amnon is thinking about sin, but not yet bringing it to fruition till it's validated by his who? His friend. Friends can lead you to death. I'm sure you've all heard stories of people getting caught up in the wrong crowd. All of those sad stories where the wrong, being at the wrong place at the wrong time or the wrong crowd caused them their life. And if that is physical, how much more spiritual? If who you surround yourselves and your company can corrupt you and physically kill you, that which you can see. You can see and make the decision. You can see a situation going from bad to worse. You can see the implications of your actions. You can see everything that your friend is doing that is negatively influencing you. Anything that your friend is doing that is bringing harm to you. Anything. You can physically see it and still end up dead. How much more spiritually with things that you can't even see? How much more the things that are going on in the spiritual realm, the exchange, the exchanges, the soul ties, the bonds, the covenants that are being made with you and those you surround yourself with and those you give access to your spirit that you're not even aware of because they occur in the spiritual realm. And so you will find yourself one day just spiritually dead, not even knowing how you got there. God forbid. Can I tell you? that I was pressured into having sex the first time. I'm not ashamed of my testimony. I'm one person that is definitely not. You guys know that. It birthed this ministry, so there's absolutely no regrets at all. I'm happy I went through everything I went through because this is the product of it. But I was pressured into what led me here today. I grew up... I think I shared it once. I shared it one Valentine's Day. I grew up very sheltered, very shielded, not even knowing anything. I discovered what marijuana was in grade 12. Like, before that, I had no idea. And then I go off to university, and same thing, getting involved with crowds and people that did drugs, that popped mollies, that smoked weed on the regular, that were sleeping around, that would say things like it's in university you have to you have to sleep with at least someone it's part of the university experience you're being shortchanged if you don't that'll tell you like oh if you want to get good grades you can just pop a pill stay up all night different things like that it's peer pressure and clearly I was weak-minded I was able to fall into it no one is blaming them but bad company like the bible says corrupts good character my parents did their part to raise me to shield me 
and to protect me from all the things the world had to offer. They did their part, but I was misled. And in the presence of bad company, and in the presence of bad company, my good character was corrupted. And so in undergrad, I went through a phase of having sex and, t- and doing drugs and everything else that happened there. Maybe one day I'll tell it again, but probably not because I'm so tired of telling the story, but who knows? We'll see where the spirit takes us to. But moral of the story is I was pressured into doing it because of the people I surrounded myself with. I was tricking off my destiny. I didn't even know there was sassy and saved on the other side. I didn't even know that there was a teacher of the word on the other side. I didn't know that everything that I'm doing today would ever happen. And if it not if not for if it had not been for God on my side and God who said actually actually no, we um have a plan for you who snatched me out of that, who knows where I would have been today. Who knows? But because I wanted to enjoy my university experience, to be in with a crowd that I thought was cool, to date a guy that I really liked, and everything else that led me to blindly follow, I traded company for destiny. And having gone through that and understood the consequences of my actions, even though Sassy and Save was birthed, I vowed and have learned that no matter how standoffish, how stush, how rude, how arrogant, whatever name else they may call you, because they have so many, it's important to always know that as you pursue destiny, it is critical that you align yourself with the right people. Listen, your destiny is bigger than today. It's bigger than the now. It's bigger than this season. You have to move from a place where you think about the presence that mentality of we'll cross that bridge when we get to it that used to be me move from that place you don't have that luxury anymore because you're enlightened enough to know that you are here for a purpose you're here for a plan and you're here to fulfill an assignment you can't live that we'll cross that bridge when we get to a lifestyle you don't have that luxury we need to we need to move from a place where we are simply thinking about the now and start thinking about the future you cannot make relationship decisions based on simply today understanding that relationships are things that are typically over the course of time it's very rare that you enter into relationship with the idea this is just for a few months this is just for a few days this is just for a few weeks when you are committing to a friendship a relationship platonic or romantic, you are investing in a person for long term. Typically, when we pick friends, we pick people that we can see ourselves with for a long time, correct? Is that true? Can we all agree? Exactly. And so we cannot make relationship decisions simply based on today. I like this, they like that. So I'm in this season, they're in that season. So this and this and this We have so many things in common, so many interests, so we are friends. The term friend has been so reduced, like everybody is everybody's friend. I know right now we are in a culture where everybody is cis and everybody is bro and that's, I love it and that's great because unity, but as we've talked about so many times on this podcast, levels of access. They can be your sis, but not your sister. (laughs) Like, you can have acquaintances, you can have friends, you can have best friends, you can have homies, you can have dogs, you can have 
lifers. It's just knowing where to put everybody. You can't make relationship decisions simply based on who you are today. But you need to factor in who you are becoming and who God has called you to be. I, I myself, am very, 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 anybody can tell you particular about who I let into my space because I know who I am. And that's not even on a cocky thing. I'm not even trying to be like, I know who I am. Like, no, but like, I actually know who I am. I spend time with God. God has revealed to me where where he is taking me, who he wants me to be, who he wants me to affect, who he wants me to influence. And I know that the one way that the enemy can get me off that path is through relationship. Marrying the wrong person, dating the wrong person, and being surrounded by the wrong crowd. Being in the midst of bad company. And so I'm very, very particular about who has access to my vision, my spirit, my time, my heart. And overall, me. I understand that the number one thing that derails people from destiny is relationships that God did not pull, that God did not put you in. Listen, friendship, friendship is a prayer point if you didn't know. Friendship is a prayer point. It's not just you have free will. I can choose whatever, whoever I want to be my friend. It's a choice. It's not. Move from that place actually like evict yourself not just move because if you move there's chance that you can go back evict yourself from that place give yourself an eviction notice pack yourself pack your stuff up and begin relocating because that's not where you should stay move evict yourself from that place write it off take it away evict yourself from the realms of choice because there is no choice as much as we want to say, oh, God gives us free will and this and this. No, God, no, there is no choice. Remove yourself from there. You are a Christian. You live for Christ. And so his will is automatically your will. Ain't no you. Ain't no free choice. Ain't no free will. Ain't no who I want to be my friend. No, only enter relationships that God has put you in. And how do you know relationships that God has called you to and put you in? By spending time and communicating with him about each and every person that comes into your life. Listen, you got to get to the point, and it's a recent revelation that I've discovered, but anytime somebody comes into my life, I pray about them. Before I give myself, before I commit, before I start hanging out, before I give them access, I pray about them. Okay, God, this person is here now. Who are they to me? What are they here to teach me? How long are they here for? So that I can make the most of my time with them. If it's, if it's a short thing, if it's a pass by just to teach me a lesson, I can do that without getting too attached because that's what life is. In life, not everybody you encounter is your long-term friend. Not everybody you encounter is supposed to do life with you. Some people are there for a reason, a season, or a lesson. You've heard it all before. They're there for a reason, to teach you something, to show you something, to reveal something to you, to speak life into you, to be there for you and anchor for you in a certain season. They're there for a season, for whatever God is doing in that season. Or they're there for a lesson. And that's okay. I know like the whole loyalty thing, but like it's not everybody that you absolutely have to be loyal to. And so when people come into your life, you pray about them. You ask God who they are and why they're here. Who sent you? Because the devil will send people too. Hello, somebody. Who sent you? When, you? when you come across a person, especially a person that's super interested in you, that wants to be around you, what is their motive? And who were they sent by? Was it by God? 
or was it by the enemy? So many people would, do you know how many heartbreaks we would be saved of? And I, and, and I know this is a platonic conversation, but let me just jump into the romantic really quickly. How many heartbreaks would you be saved of if you pray about every guy, if you had prayed about every guy that came into your life? The, you know, the ones that, you know, the enemy sent, you know, like everybody, we can all agree that that one, the enemy sent him to disrupt you. If you had prayed about that person and God had not given you peace from the jump. And so you didn't commit and invest your emotions, your time and your heart into them. How many heartbreaks would you have been saved of? It's the same thing with our friendships. I don't know why we separate friendship and romantic relationship. Relationship is a general term and it should be treated as such. There are different types of relationship, but a friendship is still a relationship. And so if you would pray about a romantic relationship, if you would pray about a familial relationship, why wouldn't you pray about a platonic relationship? It doesn't make sense. Just as you shouldn't settle in romantic relationships, you should not settle in platonic. The Bible says the evidence of a friendship is when iron sharpens iron so do you sharpen them do they sharpen you it's not one piece of iron sharpening the other piece or vice versa it's iron sharpening iron so both of so both of you are sharpening each other if not reevaluate the relationship maybe it's not a friendship it's a mentee and a mentor and that's okay because we need those in life but recognize the relationship for what it is Who you become tomorrow depends on your relationships today. Always keep that in mind. And this doesn't mean to be rude to everybody you come across or don't trust anybody or anything like that. Remember, friendly, but not your friend. It just means knowing where to cat people, understanding the levels of access, and being protective of your destiny. Guard your oil. So I'm going to leave you with some homework because you know we're all about the short episodes right now. Short and sweet. I want you to write down the name of everyone you consider your friend. Get out a piece of paper, think about all your friends and write their names down. And then I want you to size them up. Here are a few verses, but there are definitely more. You can do a quick Google search, scriptures about friendship in the Bible and see which friendships operate the way the Bible says they ought to. I'm gonna give you four just to start. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27, 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad, and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And 1 Peter 4, 10. As each has received a gift, Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. As you do your homework, find some other scriptures, look at all the friendships in your life and evaluate them. Do, are you, are you, are are you operating in friendship the biblical way? Are both of you sharpening each other? Is it more of a mentee or mentor relationship? Was it more of a seasonal relationship? And once you have done that to the best of your knowledge, take each name to God in prayer. Ask God to reveal to you each person on that list and their purpose in your life. And he will. 
but you have to be ready to receive it. I hold my friends to high standards. Another reason why I'm very particular about my friend is because I'm very high maintenance. I hold my friends to high standards because I know the standard and the role I play in their lives. And I expect them to operate as a cer- at a certain standard in the friendship. Jesus, who knew that he could raise Lazarus from the dead, he wept when he saw the pain in his friends and everything that they had endured because they lost their brother. Their pain became his pain. That's how committed to them he was. That's what I believe the Bible means when it says there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So that's one of my standards. I carry the weight, which is not really a good thing, but I carry the weight, the burdens, and the problems that my friends endure. Something that my friend, that's something that is bothering my friend or my friend is going through can keep me up at night praying, like for real. And so in the same vein, in my in my weakest seasons and when I am struggling, I expect my friends to also be burdened with what burdens me. And that's not for everybody. And that may be asking too much. But that's why you're not called to me. And that's why you're not my friend. But those who are called to me and those who are my friends understand the weight and operate at a certain standard. And so I leave you with this. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Choose wisely. Until next time, sassy and safe, baby. Mm -hmm.